Hello, my name is Alex Gould. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Skills with People podcast from Gould Training. If you like the sound of what you hear, and you think that what we're offering might be useful, interesting and relevant for you or someone you know, you can find out more about the Skills with People training course by visiting our website at gouldtraining.co.uk. Our website provides answers to many of the most frequently asked questions about the content and method of our course, and we'll even offer you a free initial coaching session as a foretaste of what you can get on the training course. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about how to deal with difficult people. This is an extract from a telephone conversation I had with Phil Gould when we were discussing managing a demanding or a difficult boss. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. What are we going to talk about this morning? Well, today's topic is dealing with difficult people. Okay. So have you got an example of that? We want to make this as concrete as possible, don't we? Yes, I do have an example. Uh, I remember I was invited to run this training course for a group of senior directors in a construction company. And one of the things that they were struggling with the most was managing upwards successfully. How was that? What was the situation? Well, every month they would have review meetings and the managing director would get very hot under the collar about problems and delays because uh, any the, the the kind of work that they were doing were these large commercial builds, uh, sports stadiums and that sort of thing, and any delay would incur penalties and the sorts of money that they were talking about were extremely large telephone number size chunks of money and the manager director would get very upset at the profits just going down the plug hole. I can feel the tension in the room in this situation. Yeah, and he would shout and they described it a little bit like the hairdryer moment because he would turn the air blue accusing them of being incompetent and not being on top of things and and they'd find that very intimidating. So give us a, a flavour of how you went about that. Well, my first step really was to get as clear a sense of what's going on in the conversation as possible by, first of all, asking them to describe in detail what happens. And then to get a bit more clarity, I asked them to simulate some of it. So I, I pretended to be this fella and I would throw lob abuse at them across the table and just just to get a sense of how they would handle it. And what sort of, how were they handling? What sort of things came out of that simulation? Well, very often people were polarising between one of two extremes. Because he was putting them under enormous pressure and accusing them of not being very good, some people were tempted to argue, to defend themselves, to deny that they were as bad as he was making out. But of course that never worked because that made them sound argumentative. And on the other hand, there were some other people who were uh, completely intimidated and they thought that the best way to placate him would be to be a be, would be for them to be agreeable. But of course, that put them in an awkward position because they were basically admitting that they weren't managing things as effectively as they ought to be. So neither of those really felt particularly great for them and they couldn't think of another way to do it. Okay, that sounds very vivid. So where did you go next? What happened next? I videoed this conversation with each of them and then played it back to them. Ah, 
That, that must have been an interesting conversation that took place then as they watched the video. Well, indeed, most of the time people cringe a little bit when they see themselves on camera for the first time, but very quickly get past that because it's very helpful for them to be able to see from the other person's point of view how they come across. Mm. So what were some of the things they saw? Yes, they found the videos pretty enlightening. As a matter of fact, quite a lot of what they were doing was pretty good. I mean, when faced with a rude, abusive, insulting or patronising tirade, they didn't rise to the bait and match the other person's aggression and getting angry back, so they didn't get into a slagging match or come to blows over it. What they did do was start saying things like, yes, but, in response to being accused of not doing their jobs properly, and once that started, the conversation began to degenerate into what sounded like an argument. And what they found particularly frustrating was that they could see for themselves that the more defensive they became, the less confidence they inspired. So they they, they began to recognise when they were beginning to behave in a way which was making for more argument and conflict with this, with, with the boss. Yes, that's right. And that then presented an opportunity for me to introduce to them this concept of emotional intelligence and this idea that, that uh, part of the reason why th the conversation isn't going as smoothly as they hope that it might is because the other person, the person they're talking to, isn't yet in a receptive enough frame of mind to be able to absorb the things that they're offering him. And how did your explanation of that go down with this group? Oh, pretty well. They could see the sense of it very quickly and understood it very easily. They began to imagine themselves and the other person's role and started to see the conversation from his point of view. So there was a sort of light bulb moment, was it, in that in that way? Yes, they hadn't thought about conversations in this sort of way before. It's actually pretty typical of the engineers, scientists and technical people who seem particularly drawn to this course. They were much more used to approaching conflicts with difficult people by trying to persuade using graphs and data and facts and logic. They were used to getting their way by insisting they were right and sheer force of will, and in many cases, turning up the volume, with pretty mixed results, I should add. So the idea of the need to slow down and to think of what kind of mood, what kind of mental state is the person they're talking to might be in, and whether they're really receptive to what they wanted to give them at this moment, was brand new to them. So, give us, a, give us an idea of what this was getting them to what was the end point that you were that you were beginning to ease them towards here the idea that before they say their piece before they defend themselves before they say what they're planning to do what they really need to do is to pay attention to and take care of where the other person is at in this case the the, the managing director that they really need to be able to empathize with him can you can you put some flesh on the bones of that what does that actually mean? What do you say to do that? What did what did you what were you getting them to say to him instead of saying yes but well, and arguing? I, yeah, yeah, good question. What what I taught them to do was to say things like, uh, obviously you are really concerned that we're going to blow this deadline because some of these key things aren't going according to plan. Uh, if I was him and I heard somebody say that to me, I don't think I'd be able to help myself saying too bloody right. Well, absolutely, and then I and then then they pursue that, and they do do more of it. So I might encourage them. To so isn't that how how is that working? If a person says too damn right, aren't they getting even more entrenched? It's counterintuitive, isn't it? Because if they're agreeing with that, actually they're in the process of letting off steam, which helps because they've then 
their mind begins something shifts in their mind and they become a bit freer not immediately obviously but uh, over maybe a period of half a minute or so something chemical changes uh, so if you so so what you're saying is if you can say somebody something that enables a person to let off steam that, that, that a shift already begins to happen in their mind they become just a little bit more relaxed a little bit less uptight a little bit more able to cooperate exactly uh, and in order to facilitate that the empathy might need to be done more than once in fact it's it's pretty unlikely that just one go at it is going to have that magical effect but doing it two or three times and taking and being being able to be patient and not being in a hurry one of the things that i was teaching people to do is to slow down yeah, this does sound um if I, if you think of the context of this, this is this is uh, people working in the construction industry. It, it, the atmosphere of which is is pretty, um, you know, uh, hard, pretty tough. Uh, it's a pretty male-dominated uh, place. Um, d- how how did this go down with them? Were they were they able to? Um, did this make sense to them? Did they did they were they able to translate this into something that they themselves could do? Do you mean the fact that we're talking about feelings might sound yes. a little bit feminine or a bit wet? Responding, or yes, responding with empathy in this in this kind of atmosphere. Did that seem possible to them? Yes, absolutely. But because the way I was teaching them to do it wasn't for them to sound like a newly trained counsellor. I kind of I kind of get what you mean. Sometimes people are a bit concerned that it's going to sound as if they're inviting somebody to lie on a couch and. Uh, talk about their relationship with their mother when they were a child or something like that. But the way we teach it is much harder than that. It's much more concrete. And and in fact, it's possible to do it without even using the word feeling. People can say, you're obviously really worried about this because you've got this concern about whether we're going to, the delays are going to cost us a whole load of money. Now, that doesn't sound wet, does it? That doesn't sound soft. That sounds very hard. what What comes across to me from that is that they're actually showing him respect. They're actually taking seriously that he's up so uptight. It's, they don't blame him for being uptight, and they're giving a chance him a chance just to admit it and to accept that that's a t- it's a tough situation that he's in that they're, that they're all in. Yes. <clears throat> so it creates an atmosphere of understanding and and mutual respect. Yeah, indeed, it does. Yes, quite, quite, and quite quickly, that shift can happen. So what did happen with this particular group? Was was there a payoff? Was there was there um, well, hang on a minute, before, I, I, before and afterwards? Yeah, yeah, and I will get to that in a minute. But there's there is there's another piece to this. There's a bit more to this because so far all I've described is the first bit of the conversation where they were able to show their boss some empathy, which did work and it worked amazingly powerfully. But the second piece to this is that they also then needed to be able to encourage him to listen to them. They, they needed for him to take them seriously and for him to realise that they were working very hard and what it was that they were doing. Now, uh, no, of course, that, that's against the, the background that the, the way he had been doing it was he'd, he'd just been blowing off. He'd just been shouting at them. Yes. No, he, that, he, he obviously wasn't in a state of mind where he could possibly listen to them. Right. And previously, anything they said just sounded defensive and a bit weak. Whereas having successfully used empathy in the way that I taught it to them, to then be assertive, and again, it's a very similar sort of approach. So I taught them to say how they were feeling, 
what about and why for example could you could you give us an example of that how how, how did they what how did they need what did they need to say to him so for example they were practicing saying things like um i too am really worried that there's a risk about blowing this deadline and as a consequence let me walk you through exactly what i what i plan to do about that in order to minimize the chances of us going anywhere near that danger so they were making him realize that he wasn't the only one who cared exactly and i suppose i suppose that was the way he was looking at it that he was the only one the, the whole um risk the whole responsibility for the business rested on his shoulders and it wasn't really shared yes he thought that they weren't taking it as seriously as he did and they needed to be able to demonstrate to him that they absolutely were. And it's interesting that in order to make, this, this does seem quite radical, that in order to get that to that point of that mutual recognition, it was necessary to do something they weren't used to doing at all, which was to talk about feelings. Yes, both his and their own. And actually, that's quite a challenge because they weren't used to thinking about that very much. So the, the, it, it, it took a lot of practice. It took quite a lot of time. In fact, the practice is something they really rather enjoyed. They were, because they all had the same, there were four of them, and because they all had the same problem, when we were practicing it, they took it in turns to pretend to be this fella. And we, were, we happened to be training in the boardroom, the same room that they have their monthly meetings in. So they found it really cathartic. They had a great hoot, actually, taking it in turns, pretending to be this bloke, turning the air blue with abuse and practicing you know hurling these things at one another and practicing uh, handling one another like this and they they really had a it was a it was a very invigorating afternoon they had a really good time getting used to this that sounds quite um uh, uh, how shall i put it a, 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 quite a, a, an enlivening experience for them what what sort of feedback happened? What happened afterwards? Did what 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 was the end result of this? Did you did you did you find out? Yeah, absolutely, I did. Uh, I do regular follow ups with people as part of the training. They have a follow up a, a month afterwards, and then I leave it a, a gap, and then they have another one to one coaching session several months after that. And prior to each of these follow ups, I had telephone calls with this uh, this this managing director who had put these people on the training course. And I asked him what he'd noticed. And it was really interesting because he said, well, um, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't know technique or anything like that. But I do know that these monthly meetings are over much quicker and I'm finding I'm having to get less irate. And what I found was really interesting is he couldn't put his finger on it. And in fact, I had to lead him. I had to suggest. I said, I'm wondering whether it's because you're feeling understood by them more quickly and reassured by them more easily and he thought about it for some time and he said yes well maybe that is the case but he couldn't actually identify what they were doing in order to make the conversation go much smoother and the meetings to finish more quickly that was really fascinating to me okay well that's thank you that sounds pretty good conversation so if you were to summarize that for somebody that rang you up now and said what would i have to do in order to um deal with somebody that's difficult do, do you have a quick summary in your mind about about the approach that you coached people through there? Yeah, th th there are really these two techniques which go hand in glove. The first thing you need to be able to do is to show the other person that you get where they are coming from. And listening with empathy is a very powerful way to do that. And you do it by saying three things. 
how you imagine they feel, what that feeling is about, and why it would be legitimate for a, a normal person to be feeling that way about that thing. And and the trick to that is being able to do it with respect and compassion. If you do it, if you spit it out, like you're spitting tax, and you say, well, it's because you're grumpy because you're throwing your toys out the pram because you're overreacting, they're never going to feel understood. So we go to great lengths in order to encourage people to to do this with a generous spirit. Mm. And then the other skill, the other, the next bit of it is for people to, 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 one way of thinking about it is self-empathy. It's being able to articulate what's going on in your own mind and how you, and your own feelings and being able to say nice and succinctly, this is how I feel about this thing and for this legitimate reason here. So, how long does it take for somebody that's not used to talking in this sort of way? And I suppose most people in our culture, certainly in our business culture, and certainly in that kind of industry, are not at all used to talking in that sort of way. Uh, how long does it take to learn this stuff sufficiently well for it to actually start making a difference? Uh, well, that's quite a good question because, of course, we can rattle through these principles and techniques very rapidly. Uh, you know, I can explain it in a few minutes but actually yes, it's, it's not it's not rocket science what you're explaining but i can see that it, it, the problem is is the habits that that, that people are, have we all have and a, a large part of this is is unlearning ways of ways of dealing with people isn't it i suppose the thing that takes the time and and and, and the effort is the unlearning yes and that there, i guess there are two things that people struggle with the most when they're getting to grips with this approach First of all, it's being able to identify their own and other people's feelings. And the second thing is actually being able to find a way of articulating that that fits in with their natural style. Uh, in terms of time that it takes, the course is spread over several months. And often it does take people quite a long time to have the confidence and courage to actually try this stuff out in real life. And usually what happens is that people are amazed that the real life conversations tend to go almost exactly the way that they went in the training room and that then spurs them on to do it again and again and again and often people then become extremely enthusiastic and use this not only at work but in their home life as well do, do they talk about that do people talk about that yes um <laughs> often people will go home and say that they tried it with their, their husband or their wife and uh, were amazed at how successful it was that they managed to sidestep a, an awkward conversation that normally would have descended into an argument, whereas when they were to show the person they love and they live with some empathy, it had a remarkable effect of calming the waters. Mm. Um, and then very assertively they said, well, this matters to me too, let me explain why it's so important, and how the other person then melted in front of them like warm butter. So it's it, it, it's it's not just a skill for, for business, it's not just a business skill, it's a life skill, really. And indeed, yeah, absolutely. It could, could be used in uh, a broad variety of situations. And, and often people are sent on the course ostensibly because to improve a, a work relationship or because they, they struggle in a particular kind of situation at work. But I'm very happy to entertain the idea that people might want to bring to the party and play with situations and scenarios that happen outside of work because of course these skills are so transferable that if they can crack it 
using these skills successfully in a negotiation with somebody in a club or band or society they belong to that's outside of work, I'm very confident that they'll be able to apply that to their relationships in work as well. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Skills with People podcast from Ghoul Training. I do hope you enjoyed the episode. To find out more about the Skills with People training course and how you can arrange to have a free initial coaching session, go to gouldtraining.co.uk and go to the Contact Us page.